Welcome to Recovery Connections Podcast, the show that provides information about helping you in substance abuse treatment. For more information, please visit drughelp.info. Now, here are your hosts, Recovery Connection CEO Michael Breyer and Chief Clinical Director Greg Grouston. Welcome to Recovery Connection Podcast. <laughs> Too loud. Where we deal with substance abuse treatment. I'm Michael Breyer. I'm CEO of Recovery Connection. I'm here with my partner, Greg Graustein, who is Chief uh, Clinical Director for Recovery Connection. And we are in episode eight. And so if I'm a little bit stuttering on my voice. Uh, okay. That's what happens when you do so many podcasts at one time. You start to rumble over your words after a while. Today's topic is how long? I mean, yeah. Like, if we're going to try to conquer this opioid addiction problem uh, and our use of substances probably for, I don't know, what do you want to say on average, at least five years probably before you're going to seek any treatment, how long do you think it's going to be before you could actually get off of Suboxone and resume Man, people would say a normal life. I question what a normal life really is, but that's a whole nother episode that we could go into at some other point. But people do want to know how long do I need to be on some type of medication to be able to do this? So yeah, a lot of patients will first walk in and saying, how long do I have to be on this? And uh, probably the response usually is how long have you been using opiates or how long you've been using drugs? Right. And, and then you double or triple that towards of, Look at that opportunity of time to set a plan of recovery in place. <laughs> so it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. It's absolutely going to be a while. Okay. So if it's going to be a while, I guess the question is, why would it be such a long time? Like, why can't I? Like, I know I want to get better today. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Why can't I just get better why can't you just give me a drug today and make me better and that I never have any cravings ever again in my lifetime? I'm not a doctor, however. But I play one on I TV. I play one, I stayed at a motel. <laughs> <laughs> is that you've done enough medical damage to your body that your body needs support. And that support needed medication to support it. During the same period of time, you also need psychological supports and counseling to then change the behaviors that you've taught yourself and all the lies that you actually believe your own lies to some point in time. So if medication wise is going to be put in place to stabilize the body and the counseling is going to be to regain the recovery of your proper behavior, it takes a while because you taught yourself a bunch of crap. So, I mean, basically you develop bad habits. It's kind of like almost like an eating disorder of you. If you've always gone out and eat crappy food and you think all of a sudden that you're going to be, I don't know, a salad eater all day. Uh, I mean, it takes a while to break the behavior. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> get a clue here because that's not going to happen. It's not that easy to break habits that we form in life. And the disease itself in the medical standard of the DSM is it's a recurring disease. You've impacted the body's chemicals in such a way that returning affects can come into play medically within yourself and also environmentally that when you see triggers and we always hear about triggers, someone who's recovering from not smoking cigarettes, all of a sudden the person in front of them is blowing smoke in their face. They get this incredible urge. 
Well, in the same kind of realm of these behaviors, what can you do in recovery to make it, to prevent yourself from going back to use from the environment, but also to make your body stable enough to recover and heal enough and hopefully at some point in time actually come off buprenorphine or to maintain it as this is as good as it gets because it has got me a hell of a lot farther away from being put in the ground. And that's okay as well to saying this is good, I'll stay on this medication and maintain it because it's really recovered my life and then still continuing to work on a path of recovery and daily supports and how to deal with life as we know it is. We all need supports. So you mentioned something interesting, which is if you saw somebody smoking that you might want to go back and smoking again. And I I think one of one of the big triggers that we have is staying in the same environment that we've been in before. And Mm -hmm. if you think that your treatment is going to improve because you hang out with the same people who you were smoking, you know, drugs with or injecting drugs with or snorting drugs with probably unless all of you are going to go into treatment together, right? The likelihood is that's not going to happen because they're going to, trigger you to reuse and that's probably one of the biggest hardest part is these are the people that you felt they were your best friends is your best friend giving you a drug to kill you do you consider that a best friend or do you have a best friend that is willing to be able to stand up to help you in recovery and having to make the differential of giving the person that we used to give you drugs path of why don't you get help because i have and then also then connecting to people that are in recovery and supportive of you and give you the guidance and background. But you're going to have to get yourself out of a lot of that environmental issues and behaviors and recognize the separation that some of these relationships would be better served when you're stable and they're stable to support each other. And sometimes that is is definitely needed. So let's talk about relapse because Mm. I think if you think I think those of you listening to us, if you're thinking that the path to recovery is going to be just this straight line going upwards and you're not going to be actually more so going whoop, whoop, then you're not being realistic with yourself. And it's, it's a learning curve to learn from every experience. As a counselor, we learn from every time we sit with someone about a different path someone is taking and how the challenges and how they can overcome the challenge. The over, overcoming the challenge, I, the burden of someone coming in and saying, I used again, and you're going to yell at me. No, we're not. What did you learn from the experience of using? And you showed back up today. How can we better you so you don't go back and use? What other step can you put in place to not put yourself in that scenario, that situation, and build from there? See, I think that was an excellent point, which is, okay, I used, but I didn't use and say, oh, I don't want to still get help. I used, and then I came in to say, I did use, and now can you still keep helping me? Because I think true treatment is the support that we can give to somebody to keep saying, okay, you're going to mess up. That's mm-hmm. fine. And we understand that. In we're the not world. encouraging you to mess up. <laughs> right. No, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> suggesting that we're encouraging you, but I think, listen, I'm, I, if I put you on a diet 
today and I put you on a strict diet that said you're only allowed to eat peanuts for all day, every day. I'm still sneaking chocolate. Right, exactly. I mean, (laughs) it's it's, uh, part of our innate being as human beings that we're going to want to get what we don't have. And if it's something that you've been having for all these years and all of a sudden I say to you, hey, guess what? You can't have it anymore. Uh, eventually you're probably going to wind up reusing again. And let me get a little bit off the in a tangent here because when we talk about relapsing, it's not necessarily just reusing. If you, if you were on oxys or perks or whatever, or you were using heroin, whatever, using is also almost any of the illicit drugs mm-hmm. out there. I mean, you can be using amphetamines. You can be using various types of benzos that are out there like Xanax and things like that. And you could also be using things like cocaine. I mean, that's all relapsing because it's all part of the addiction psychology that one experiences. So when you're approaching, when a patient is approaching to come in for opiate dependency treatment, we put them on suboxone, buprenorphine treatment, and then they're still showing up with other drug addictions. And the, or they all of a sudden add something else into the repertoire to, we need to address it Supple- all. Supplement it. Supplement it. That those have to be addressed of why you're doing so. Those are the issues where you get the multiple drug use behaviors that have to, to be addressed as well. And that's the importance of continuing to come in for counseling to find out what's the reason. Why am I doing this? What about myself is going to make me to do that choice? Is why am I putting myself in the scenarios? And where can I find help to, to do that? be it a higher level of care, be it a different environment, do, 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 even sometimes changing environments from one apartment to another can help in some extent. But as anybody moving somewhere across the street or across the town still can find those other people that are doing those drugs. Well, it's yeah, really I mean, making the choice of separating yourself to I mean, you, you want to lose your, you would like to lose the phone number or block the phone number of your drug dealers. Obviously, that would be... And Pretty a, good. And a lot of times what patients have gone through is that we provide them buprenorphine and their constant day was to seek out money and seek out to find opiate drugs or seek out and they get that tunnel vision. Now we start them on buprenorphine and now they're bored. Now I'm bored. I got nothing to do. I don't know what the hell am I supposed to do with myself. This is weird. And that's where the counseling supports and, and connecting them to other services and to saying, now let's get to a job interview. Now let's work on a, an educational towards CCR community counseling, a uh, college. Now we can start going those paths where before you undermined it with your drug use. But now, but which early on, majority of people was like, now I'm bored. What the heck am I supposed to do? Well, and, and so I think part of the length of the medication process is part of just staying. We talked about being regimented, that you have to have something each day Mm -hmm. to keep you on the straight path. We were talking about people with ADD or ADHD type of thing. And almost literally just the process of taking the medication kind of keeps you on the straight and narrow for that period of time. And when you take that out of the equation, sometimes we have a tendency to forget. They say 
always that once somebody is an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. I mean, I'm sure all of you have listened before when they say people who go to AA meetings, when they introduce themselves, even if they're not drinking, it says, I've been an alcoholic for... 30 years, but I stopped drinking 25 years ago. Why? Because we're fighting something that doesn't just disappear. So the medication, while it might disappear, the ailment itself doesn't disappear, correct? Correct. Correct. So recovery is a a day-long constant battle and, and... Buprenorphine treatment can remove some of that monkey off your back to be able to make it easier for you to seek and set the paths of recovery stronger. Okay. So I think one of the cons of obviously getting off the medication is just because sometimes you lose your way when you're not on the medication. Your medication, though, of course, in consultation with your provider can always be reduced to almost what is, I mean, we're talking about infinitesimal, a minuscule amount of medication just to keep the receptors in your in your cortex just happy enough that you just don't have enough craving. I mean, you could take a, what's two milligram. a, a two milligram tab and you could cut it into quarters and that literally mean you're taking 0.5 of a milligram, which I don't know how much 0.5 is, but I don't think it's very much. And I'm not sure I could actually put it on a piece of paper or, uh, or drop it from a salt shaker to, to actually show it to you because it ain't much. Again, it's a combination of working with the doctor and the counselors and setting your plan and that you've had an place to decreasing the dosing of medication to where it's going to be fit. Are you going to go, if you've been using heroin for two years or three years and expect to come off Suboxone within a month or two, it's probably not going to be the path. I, As someone who's been in opiate recovery treatment with buprenorphine for a long period of time, has done the legwork, done the footwork, and put up as much as supports and starts to decrease their dose to see if they can come down or if it eventually off, or they get to that point, as I said, they're saying, this is as good as it gets. I'm good with this. I'll stay at this level. My life is so much improved where I was not. My life was in complete chaos. And this is good. And I don't want to come off because I never want to get back to that chaos. So if it may take that one little dose every day that gets me there, and that's fantastic. The first and foremost is, can we stay in recovery? And are you a productive, active member? Yeah, I mean, don't forget that Obviously, there were triggers that started you on the process, and we'll deal in other podcasts about a typical history of of a patient. But normally, even if you say that you were on heroin for the last three years, that's not to say that you were actually using drugs for the last three years. I mean, the normal process or the, the progression of using drugs is we usually start with the lighter drugs, which would be like a marijuana type of thing. And we move to a, a more progressive one, like a cocaine. And then we start moving on to the stronger stuff. We might be trying some ecstasy or some LSD, and we might be trying some perks if we can find them on the streets. And we find some other stuff. And eventually you start trying everything and anything that's available. It's almost like whatever's in the drugstore, 
that your dealer might have. You might try it and see how it makes you feel. And there's the ones that you like and the ones you don't like. And if you really go through the history of all of that before you might actually get to your last drug, before you come in for recovery treatment, that whole process is probably going to be a lot longer than just a couple of years. You're probably looking five years, 10 years. Sometimes it's been a lifetime, quite honestly. But you also, on the other perspective, you have patients that have had leg injuries, arm, shoulder surgeries that didn't go as well, and they've maintained them on high doses of opiates and under medical care that the, you've been prescribed medications because of back injuries. And all of a sudden, that becomes that you're popping them so like candy because you're not just dealing with pain now, you're pain of the family, the pain of not being able to go back to return to work. And the, and then it's depression that I don't feel worthy to the family. So I'm taking more. And the only solace I get is to take more opiates to get away. And all of a sudden now when you, they, the doctor says, well, we're going to decrease. And when you try to decrease, you go into complete sweats and your medical withdrawal and detoxes that now I need to seek out for a Suboxone. So you're not true addict in the way of the sense of being having to go all the way up to heroin, but your body became dependent. And that's what we're talking about is also is the body itself became dependent to a drug. It's not your will that wanted you to do it, but sometimes yourself that you got put in that scenario medically to go on there. And those are the people that also on Suboxone can have the report of counseling that might not be intensive as a be able to someone who's been able to stick a needle in their arm to someone who's wants to rebuild their family because they really felt they were they disconnected themselves and that supportive counseling to how to better reconnect that family together and it was all brought on because of a car accident or something in that nature yeah i, I mean that's a good point but i i think it, it really when you're talking about a length of time, you're really talking both for your body and also you're talking for your mind. So, sure. and I, and whether you manage to be able to deal with the body part of it and clean your body out and get healthy and get fit and everything else, the mind is always going to be the tricky wicket, as they say in England. Tricky wicket. Tricky. Uh, yes, uh, tricky wicket. Because... You're going to go through different stresses in life and different... Oh. Which we all are with the COVID. And right. we all are with, with daily living has I, I think, changed think, for, I, for I, difference. I, I think irrelevant of the, the, the pandemic. I think people always go through that. I mean, listen, uh, there's no such thing as a relationship that doesn't have its ups and downs. And those downs are usually the things that set you off that are going to cause you to start looking for other avenues to calm yourself down, to put yourself into a different zone and to make yourself feel a little bit better. So somehow that is magically going to cure your problem by taking your mind out of the process. So mm-hmm. I, when people ask, I always say, plan on treatment being a very long road. And if it's anything less, then you'll be happy. But don't plan that it's going to be a short road and then be disappointed. Anything else? That's it. All right. Well, that covers another episode of Recovery Connection Podcast. Again, if you ever have any questions or you're seeking out any kinds of treatment, even if we're not in your area, feel free to give us a call at 877-557-3155. Or you can look us up on the web at drughelp.info, D-R-U-G-H-E-L-P dot I-N-F-O. That's not dot com. Drughelp.info. 
We'll be happy to respond to you and help you any way we can. Have a great day.